Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. What does it take to leap over obstacles and achieve your life goals? It's grit. Today on episode two of Grow Forward Today podcast, You'll meet my guest, John Lesser, who will share with you how grit on the football field applies and translates into determination needed for success in personal leadership development. Welcome, friends. So I have this one-a-day calendar. I get one of these gifts every year, uh, either from my family or I buy one myself, either a a humorous one-a-day that makes me laugh first thing in the morning or one on quotes that inspire me into my day. And this year I've got one of those quotes ones. And today's quote was from one of the greatest NFL football coaches of all time, Vince Lombardi, who said in the spirit of the NFL playoffs going on right now, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. And I think another way to say that uh, from Lombardi is a lack of grit. And uh, if you haven't read it yet, a book recommend I've got for you is Angela Duckworth's book called Grit. And she says the secret to outstanding achievement is not talent, but passionate persistence. And that's really our theme for this episode, having the grit and determination to overcome challenges that will be coming at you this year and still accomplishing what you've set out to do. Well, my guest today is John Lesser. Here's a little bit about John. Uh, He's he's local to me here in the Tri-Cities of Eastern Washington, the wonderful Evergreen State. Uh, On the football field, he set three national and three state high school records while being part of Liberty Christian's 2012 state championship team. He was also named the Washington State 1B Player of the Year. John accepted a football scholarship at Eastern Oregon University and is currently on the training camp roster for the Tri-City Rush professional indoor football team. He's got a bachelor's degree in fire services administration and two minors in health studies and physical education. Right now he works at Elite Athletics Training, I like that acronym of EAT, E-A-T, as a performance specialist. He is married to his wife, Taylor, and who is the owner of The Beauty Chemist, a hair salon here locally. And John and Taylor started a clothing business just a couple months ago called Rise that provides high quality luxury active wear. And fun fact about John is I was his wolf den leader when he was in Cub Scouts when he was like eight years old. So dude, you were a good athlete even back then if I remember right. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Welcome. Well, Thank John, you for having me on here. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, John, why football? I mean, out of all the sports you could have gone all in for, why did you choose football? How did football bring out your best athleticism? Um, I don't know. I remember as a kid uh, just watching football on TV, and I just, I just loved every aspect of it. Uh, you know, love kids love seeing the big hits and everything that's going a little bit away from the game now um obviously because we're finding out safety stuff but 
but I just remember growing up infatuated by it. Um, watching my favorite players. Um, I remember my first year getting to play football, uh, got drafted by the Cowboys and that's how I became a Cowboy fan. You know, that's, it's been, it's been a long, long fandom in that realm, but, but growing up, uh, it's just something about being able to, to outwill an opponent, um, on the other side of the field, you necessarily didn't always have to be the best, especially at that younger age. But if you just had a little more effort and a little more, a little more want to, you were able to, to accomplish things, um, that some of the more talented kids couldn't because they just maybe didn't want to at that time. Um, I really wasn't the best athlete as a kid. I felt like, uh, on, on grid kids, um, I was a little kid football, the pop Warner, the Wee, or whatever they call it. Um, I played lineman and uh, linebacker and I was the backup quarterback. Um, I felt like always I was just right there wanting to play quarterback, but, but the kid ahead of me, you know, it was just a little bit better. He could throw the ball a little better, see it a little bit different. Um, so I played lineman and I, I, and I still had fun. I just loved football. I remember playing Madden all the time with my little brother, um, just doing things like that. And I progressively, as I got older, it hit about eighth grade. Um, the first game of the season, I remember I just caught the snap and just something happened wrong on the play. And I just took off and ran and scored a really long touchdown. <laughs> and that for me, it kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of I'm kind of athletic now and I'm kind of good at this. Um, and from then on, uh, freshman year of high school, I was like the third string quarterback again. Um, due to some injuries early on, I got some early playing time in camp and coach liked me on defense. And I was going to start there. And then the first game of the season, the week before, our starting running back threw a, a disc out in his back. And he's like, hey, can you play running back? And, and being me, you know, t- talking about that, you know, that grit, it's an opportunity. I said, heck, yeah, of course I wasn't going to say no. Um, first carry I took in high school was a touchdown. And after that, it kind of just just took off. Um, I became so infatuated with it. I just loved the feeling and the passion behind the game. Um, you only get to play once a week. It's not something you get to play, you know, 20, 30 games in a season. It's that one week. And it's just, just, it's something so passionate about it that caught my attention and made me love it. Um, that, that whole career, um, I guess that, that first season, my freshman year, um, first time in playoffs ever for our school. Um, we got to go all the way to the state championship, last play to state championship. Um, my coach tells me to go in and I'm like, okay and I jog in there I'm expecting we're going to run this play called boot pass um we have a run in a counter all game and it's a it's a it's a pass play a play action pass off that play I expected that he called a, a 38 pitch was just a pitch straight to me on the outside um two seconds left tie game scored the game winning touchdown um and that just elevated that that dopamine <laughs> that that passion even more so it just fueled the fire um subsequent years after that I started chasing a record uh, he actually played in town. He played at Tri-Cities Prep. His name was Joe Campbell, and he had the, the state the state record for the most rushing yards in a career. And I'm like, I'm going to beat that. Um, so it just built up until my senior year, and I, I feel like I just I, – I was the type of person that wanted to get better every single year, and I, I saw myself doing that. My senior year, I was getting some college looks, and, and I was getting close to this record, and I was able to beat it middle of the season. Um, on homecoming, it was super-duper cool, actually. Uh, after that. I I got to to proceed and get more yards and I ended up breaking three national records um for career yards, yards in a season, and I believe points scored in a career, and then three more state ones. And it was just just super cool and it just it gave me that opportunity to be passionate about something. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. Um nowadays is if you find something you're passionate about, you that's just such a beautiful thing. 
Um, I think everybody deserves to find that thing where it's just like, Ooh, I love this. I love this so much. Oh, it's so good. You talked about going after a goal. Like there was a record out there. It's like, I am going after that. Uh, one of my, a couple of my clients just this week, my coaching clients, they've talked about, uh, how they're, how they've let themselves go physically. Like they, there was a time where they went after a triathlon or a marathon or something big, some kind of a 50 mile boy scout, you know, hike through the mountains. And that's when they were in their best shape. And then they just let it sort of go back to the way things were. And they, they kept saying to me this week, like, I need a goal. I need a big goal. What do you think about that, John? Do you think having that, having a big goal out there is a great motivator for most people? I think it's a, a great motivator. Goals in general are a great motivator. Uh, and that's what I'm learning right now because I'm done with football. And that was, you know, such a passion project for me. Now it's okay. What's next for me? Um, I obviously can take those tools I learned, but I'm, I'm still going to get a play at a, at a small level, but it's not, it's not so much my whole world where I'm getting, you know, paid a lot of money and scholarship money or something like that. It's not necessarily the job it was before. Um, so having a big goal is great. Um, I like to have something written down. I like to have something that's, that's clear. Um, they teach you in, in school, you know, uh, with physical activity, health studies, you want to have clear, clear goals that are obtainable, that, that you're able to, to, to do that aren't too far out there because you get discouraged if they're too far out there. The other thing, um, while big goals are good, little goals are even better because if you have this big goal that's way, way out there and you have to take such a, such a process to get there, I feel like you can, you can get lost in that process looking too much at that goal. You have to learn to love the process of getting to that goal. And sometimes that's building smaller goals within it. So now I've got you know 10 steps to get somewhere rather than here's this big thing. I'm going to try to get there. And then if you feel like you have an off day or you take a step back, oh no, like it's over, but it's not because you have all these little ones that are subsequently building to that, that larger goal. Mm, that is so good. Yeah. We probably heard of the, the smart goals, the uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time dated. And you, you, you nailed that with clear, written, obtainable. But I like how you said you love, you love the process of getting to a goal because goals aren't there to beat you up with. They're, they should be inspiring and pull you forward. So that's good stuff. So what difficulties, John, did you experience on the football field throughout high school and college? We're talking about grit today. And how did you push through and overcome those? So I, high school, I feel like I was, I was very blessed um, health-wise and, and opportunity-wise. Like I didn't necessarily have to fight as much. And that's something that didn't really have to come in high school. Um, I felt like I was overlooked a little bit. I went to a very small school. I played eight-man football. Um, so that kind of pushed me. And I would say that's what I was fighting against most in high school. Um, but in college, um, it's a totally different aspect. Um, I was the dude in high school. I was the man in the town. I was scoring the touchdowns. I was doing everything. All of a sudden, you show up. No matter what level you show up in college, everybody there, they were the dude wherever they were at. They were the guy scoring the touchdowns, making mm -hmm. the big blocks, doing everything. Um, so now all of a sudden it's like all the way back to square one. So you're, you're taking an ego sit for sure, which is, which is big. Um, and then just having to really work your way and, and find again, that passion of not being the one that is the best and having to find your role and figure out what you're good at and enhance that. So my freshman year, um, 
I got the opportunity. We had a couple injuries, got the opportunity to start starting. And I played about five games. I was leading the team in Russian at running back. I was feeling really good. And then I blew my ankle out six mm. games of the season. Uh, it, it really took me like a year to get back um, to feeling like I, I was myself. Um, but I worked back, worked hard. You know, we talked about having those goals and, and having that passion. I was so passionate about it. I loved it. Um, got my training in. I was coming back in that spring. I, I was slated to be, you know, one of the top two guys carrying the ball. And we had a couple of wide receivers go out with injury. And so now they're looking at the running back room. And I was probably not, not the smallest, but the, the, the most, the easiest to adapt to the wide receiver position. Um, I knew the playbook very well and they liked that. And they're like, all right, we're going to switch your position one week before the season starts your second year of playing college ball. And me, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, and I played, I played, I, I wasn't a starter. Um, I was in there probably the second rotation with all the wide receivers and put up okay stats, got my catches, um, was still loving playing football. And the year after that, I was wide receiver again. And we kind of had a down year that year, I felt like, and we just weren't throwing the ball and moving the ball as well. And it just, I was almost like, gosh, like, this is not what I remember loving playing football. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Um, and I was just like, All right, I just got to tough it out. I just got to keep going. And then COVID hit going into the, that next spring where they were talking about moving me back to running back. And I'm like, oh, heck yes, let's go. Let's go. All of a sudden we're, we're sitting upstairs. Uh, we do something called AGP, academic game plan. Uh, the coaches sit you down. They go through what you're doing for the day, all your grades, everything. We do that every single day with our coaches. And they're like, all right, guys, go home. School shut down for we don't know how long. Um, so that kind of hit me. Uh, we couldn't go to the weight room, couldn't really do anything. So I would just, you know, get as much, go to the field. It was outdoor, um, get a little workout in, do that. But it was just, it was just super tough to have to. And then we're having to wait months and months and months and months. Um, it was my senior year. My last year got pushed back. Uh, I had to kind of, kind of just throw a credit here, credit in there to, to finally get to that season. Cause so I walked in spring of 2020. Technically I was graduated. Um, and I had to save one class for my redshirt senior year, my last year of football, but the spring got pushed back to the, the, the season got pushed back to the next spring. So I found myself having to wait a whole year to even get the, the four or five games we ended up actually getting to play. Um, but luckily I, I found, you know, I still had that passion for football, but as well as I was able to help uh, lead in the weight room there. So I was able to take over a little bit of the programming there. And that'll lead to what I'm doing now. But so I got super passionate in that as well. And that helped me continue and just, just keep my passion and my fire burning. Um, and then the season finally hit and I got to, I got to, I feel like I got to go out on the highest note possible for myself. Um, I, I played some of the best football. I feel like I played in my entire life. Um, I made all conference. I, uh, I won the character award for, for, the conference as well, which was, nice. that was super awesome for me. Cause that's, that's other people seeing how you, how you hold yourself and how you speak and how you portray yourself. Um, that was super duper cool to me. Um, and it all just kind of came out my football career. Just awesome. It felt, it felt so good to, to, even though there was some down times, some down years, and just pushing through it, 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 it got to the point where like, you know, I was supposed to be here. I learned so much, even though I, I spent, so much time waiting for that moment almost and digging for that moment for three years. And it, it finally just came to fruition. And that, that's the best feeling in the world. 
um, when you've just been at something for so long and something just clicks. Sometimes it's a little luck, but sometimes you got to push through to get to that luck. Yeah. And, and what went through your head when COVID hit and well, even before that, when the injury hit, because I'm just thinking most of us in our personal development journeys, we run into obstacles. We have things that hold us back. COVID held everybody back for a while. Uh, some people longer than others. Injuries, you know, a diagnosis from a doctor, a, uh, a financial hit, a family issue, all sorts of things can stunt our growth for a period of time. And really it's mindset, isn't it, John? So what went through your head to, and you can be vulnerable if you really struggled, you know, during some of that mm-hmm. time, but, but also how did you bounce back and push through? Yeah. Um, I, I view myself as more of an optimist. Mm-hmm. Not everybody looks at things that way. My wife is an extreme pessimist. <laughs> We're completely opposite in that regard. For me, I'm, I'm the type of person like, okay, I got plan A. If plan A don't wake you, B, here's how I'm going to do plan C. Here's how I'm going to do plan D. And she's like, all right, I'm going to take a big jump right here. If it don't work, eh, it might not work. So we're, we're very opposite in that realm. Um, but I always just try to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And again, that big goal, and that, that's hard if you just have that big goal, but setting up those little goals. For me, it was, okay, I'm in a walking boot. What's the fastest way I can get out of this walking boot? Mm-hmm. Okay, now all I can do is move my ankle this much, little, little inch, maybe two. Okay, I'm going to try to move it one and a half inches, two inches three inches, just little wins throughout the day. Um, my boss says that you want to have more wins than losses throughout your day. You're going to lose. You're going to lose somewhere along your day, somewhere along your journey. But what are you going to do with that loss? How is it going to impact your, your future wins and losses? And how is it going to affect your mindset? Um, so that injury was something that was hard. Uh, it's hard not being able to put your best out there. Um, and that was hard for me a whole year of like, I could still feel it and it was still there. And it was just like, when am I going to be me again? Um, COVID was, was super tough because it was just so much unknown. Like you have an ankle injury. It's like, oh, it's this long. Like most likely you have this, this date and this date to get there. COVID is like, okay, we know nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know when things are going to get to a certain way. We don't know how things are going to get to a certain way. Um, and I had, I had the optimist side. That's just who I am again. Every time they'd be like, okay, we might play in the fall. I'd be like, yeah, we're definitely playing in the fall. Okay. We're only playing five games. Oh, we're still playing in the fall. Okay. Now we're playing in the spring 10 games. Okay. And I just kind of, it was kind of almost along for the ride. And I feel like sometimes you have to do that. Um, there's things you can't control. And I think not being let down by the things you can't control is a big proponent, um, and getting places because the world is so so you wishy-washy you don't know what's going to happen so if you're able to to get through those things you can't control and control the things you can control keep a good attitude and just take what is given to you and run with it i think that's the uh, the biggest thing in that so i because if you if you worry about things you can't control you're going to dig yourself in a hole that's just it's just hard to come out of oh so true i, I even like what you said when you uh, when your coach puts you in a different position you're like all right, let's do it <laughs> to, to a new experience. See, that's what optimists do. They, they, they see a new opportunity and they're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be an early adopter. I'm going to make the best. Like you said, see the light at the end of this tunnel and go for the more wins than losses. Good stuff. And there was struggles. There were times where I like felt like, like, am I even good? Like, am I good enough? Um, I don't feel like I'm good enough here. Um, things like that. And we all, everyone's going to have those thoughts. 
Um, and it's just, it's your thoughts though. It really is. It's you attacking you. Um, if you're passionate about something and you, you put your effort into it, there's no way you're not going to be good enough at, at some point, no matter how many times you fail, how many times you feel like you're not good enough. If you do something enough, you're going to be good at it. Yeah. Let me play off that. Cause you, you have a quote that's, you, know, you simply do something uh, whether it's fitness or, you know, any part of your life, you don't get good at something by not doing it. Right. You, you say, like, you like to say, simply do it over and over again until you're good at it. I know that's simple advice, but it's really not simplistic advice. So John, why do you think people don't do that? Why do they often give up before they master some skill? Um, I, I honestly attribute it to a lot of what we, what we're able to see nowadays. Uh, a lot of people like to show their accomplishments, um, how good they are at something. I mean, I can pull up Instagram and I can show you a 23-year-old that's as old as me making millions of dollars. And it's, it's all over the place doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, I'm 23. Why am I not making millions of dollars? Am I doing something wrong? Do I suck? Am I not good at something? Um, and I think that's the hardest thing. And, and and sometimes you have to go look at, there's this great article by a, a strength coach. He's actually writing my workouts right now. I, I love other people writing my stuff. I don't like writing my own workouts. Um, <laughs> I, I got to find his article. It's called, uh, we all have a little grandpa Ken in us. And it's about his grandpa who, who worked in construction for years and years and years and years and how he just mastered something. And you, you, you find those people that have done something like that and they're, they're mastering um, what they love to do and what they do. And it's just hard to do that now when you see other people jumping from here to here to here to here um, and trying to get that instant gratification where instant gratification is, is so hard to come by. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's just like practice in sports. If you do something over and over again, you're going to get good at it at some point, even if you suck at it, suck at it at the beginning, if you continue to, to put your full effort into something, um, there's going to, you're going to get better. You just, you just can't not, even if it takes years, it might take someone less time for them to do it. That's just how it is. Sometimes it may take you longer, but you're going to, you're going to get there. Yeah. They say it's a different kind of OCD. Uh, they call it uh, obsessive comparison disorder, which is what mm. a lot of us have using our, our social media and comparing ourselves. We don't see the struggle behind those influencers and what they've accomplished. We only see, like you said, Oh, now they're making a million dollars. Now they're doing something absolutely amazing. We didn't get to see all the work they put in behind the scenes to get there. So it's not fair for us to compare ourselves to somebody else because we're, we're, we're in a totally different narrative. We're in a different story than they are. And I, I agree with your repetition. You just keep doing it over and over again. And eventually you're going to get there. We seem to tuck her out, you know, to use a personal training uh, metaphor or example, since you're, a, you're in that field, you know, when I try to work out by myself, I'll often give up before I've got more, more reps in me, but when I've got this personal trainer standing over me and they're like, come on, Paul, you can do it, man. <laughs> give, give me three more, you know, for let's, sure. let's up the weight, you know, they're 10 pounds. I'll do it. And it's like, I had that in me. And I needed that person over me to, to push through those extra reps. For sure. And I feel that we have a bad rap on failure. Um, I think failure is, we don't have the correct definition for it. You learn so much in failure. It's not that you failed totally. You, you just didn't get it right this time. So now that's checking off a box where, okay, I'm going to do it different next time. 
So having, having a different, um, a strategy or a different definition for failure and being able to learn from those things where you feel like it's the end of the world, but it's really not because you get another chance. I think that's, I think that's a great thing too. Yeah. So good. Well, we're going to go to a break here and uh, had some good stuff already from John. We're going to talk a little bit more after the break on uh, how football applies to life. We'll talk about his, his new business as well. So we'll be right back. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. Join host Paul Casey every week for new episodes of his podcast, Grow Forward Today. This program is all about helping you grow on your personal leadership development journey. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader, you won't want to miss a single episode. Paul offers his wisdom and insight, as well as engages in discussions with some of the top experts in the leadership field. It's time to realize your leadership potential and get your most important priorities accomplished. Grow forward today on the Voice America Business Channel. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. So, John, really quickly, I've been to a few indoor football games, but tell us the difference between indoor football and outdoor football. All right. So, when for me in high school we played with eight men so you play eight men indoor um but most football you see on tv what people watch is going to have 11 players um it's going to take away uh two tackles two linemen and then normally like a uh one of the receivers um so on indoor you can have a couple men running towards the line of scrimmage i think they do that in canadian football as well and then they're surrounded by walls so there's no out of bounds necessarily there's these walls that you can get slammed into and tossed over. So that's always super duper fun. Um, and then it's a smaller field as well. I believe it's 60 yards long and 20, maybe 30 something wide. I honestly don't have the correct dimensions on my head right now, but uh, it's a lot faster and it's not necessarily about speed, but more, I think more about quickness, um, being able to quickly get somewhere and be, be faster on a first step, second step, rather than, Hey, this guy can beat me in a 40 yard dash kind of thing for sure. So what's it take to succeed now at a new level? Um, I think it's just the same, the same trace, the same things. Um, I've, I've kept my body in shape physically, um, being, a, being working at a place where, you know, we train athletes makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same mindset. mindset. Um, I'm keeping the same one I had in my last year. I'm just like, I want to go and have fun. I, I'm obviously want to succeed and do well and do the things that I do and enjoy doing, but 
I want to have the most fun I can playing the, the sport I love because it's one of those games where, you know, I can go play pickup basketball at the church at 5 a.m. with all the guys, but but football, once it's over, I can go play flag football like I did this year with uh, on the adult flag football Pasco League, but <laughs> it's just not putting on the pads and having the same same type of thing. It's way different. So it really is just, again, it's that passion. If, you, if you're passionate about it, you're going to find a way to do something you love and do it. If you're not passionate about it, then it, it's not your thing. And that's that's kind of the the way I like to feel. As soon as I'm not feeling I'm passionate about it, probably the time to go. Yeah, I was sharing last last week on the episode that uh, another good thing for goals is that has to be heartfelt. In other words, you have to have an emotional connection, or as you would say, a passion for the goal in order to pursue it, or else you're just not going to do it. Let's be honest. We're just, we're not going to pursue should goals like I should do this, I should do that. We have to have that passionate connection to it. And I think keeping yourself in shape is probably one of the ways that we can better pursue our even business goals, right? Or our relationship goals. I'm, I'm sure you're a big proponent of that, right? Yeah, my, I, that's something, again, I'm passionate about. Um, I want everybody to be healthy. I want everybody to be feeling the best. And again, it's not about always lifting weights and looking good and all these big muscles and stuff like that. It's not about that at all. It's about doing something that it helps your health in the long run for the rest of your life. Um, and that could literally be a 30 minute walk a day. Like it's nothing crazy. You don't have to go to the gym for two hours. You don't have to do all that. Some people enjoy dancing. If you dance 20 minutes a day, just getting something in physically, um, is going to change your mood. It's going to change your sleeping habits. It's going to change so much um physically about you and mentally about you that people don't understand and sometimes it only takes takes a little bit for some people to to realize that and once you get a little habit going um it it just becomes something beautiful and that's that's where i like to to push it is like even if it's just a ten thousand a day step challenge if you wear one of those apple watches or a fitbit work on getting ten thousand steps in a day you don't have to come see me at the gym and work out with me for an hour heck no um, I want you to find something you love and that's sustainable. And that's, that's the hardest thing. Um, and that's a big thing with diets too, is people get on these diets that are super strict and super hard. Um, and as soon as you're on something that, that, that limits who you are and, and who you want to be, you are going to, I, I think you're going to fail almost 10 out of 10 times. Um, yeah, the, you don't the like percentages. The percentages are awful uh, for losing weight. It's yeah. like 95% of people gain it back when they go on one of those diets. That's crazy. Yeah, and it, it's, it's got to be sustainable and you, it's got to teach healthy habits. If you don't like to eat chicken and rice, I'm not going to make you eat chicken and rice. I'm going to find something for you that has the same type of type of macronutrients and micronutrients that you enjoy. Even And, and then the other thing is people, well, if you're on a diet, you can only eat this, this, and this, and this. Uh, it's healthy habits. It's eating at correct times. You you start by eating enough. You maybe some people don't eat enough. Um, it starts by just moving. There's a my my college professor. Um, there's there's studies that show if you're if you're an obese person and you work out for three days, you have the your insides, your organs. They work like somebody who's been working out for years. If you're somebody who works out for years and you take two weeks off, you stop working out, your your organs, your your innards, everything that's working starts to look like somebody who's obese. You'd look at them from the outside and you would have two completely different connotations about them. But their health is completely different just based off on 
moving slightly, just, just 30, 30 minutes a day. Like that's all it is. The, the standards for adults in the U.S., the physical activity standards are, are so simple and so little. And I think people just think that they need to do so much so quickly that it's just, it's too much for your brain to handle sometimes for sure. And just starting somewhere, I say any movement is better than no movement. That's so true. That is so true. You know, John, football is a team sport, and I really believe business is a team sport as well. So talk to us about how a team or even working with your wife in your new business can contribute to your success. Oh, my goodness. My, if I didn't have my wife, oh, my goodness, I would not be, <laughs> I would not be anywhere. Good answer. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny because we're so different. We really are. Um, we have the same goals. The way I like to explain it is we have the same goals, we have the same ideas, but we get there differently. Um, and it's such a beautiful pathway that we kind of maneuver and we, we're bouncing ideas off each other, that kind of thing. Um, working with her, we first started her business. Uh, she worked in Pullman at a salon and she moved down here um, right when Corona hit. So it was like 10 days before she was going to quit and come mm. over here and they let her, everybody know at the salon, hey, we're shutting down for Corona. And she's like, uh-oh. So she moved here, uh, moved in with my mom. That was the plan when she started her business. She had her space. We had everything we needed. But it was like, okay, it's a waiting game now. Um, but getting her LLC set up and setting up her business, we learned so, so much through that. And that helped propel a uh, rise as we have now. And she's, she's doing, she's so successful in what she does. She's so good at what she does. Um, She's very, very, her people skills are through the roof. Everybody loves her. She's amazing. I'm a little more social recluse, kind of sit back. I like to people watch more than talk to people, but she's so good at that. Um, and that helps me with my business, obviously. Um, she teaches me things through social media that I would have never known in my entire life. She teaches me things through just how to portray my product or how to portray um, something as it is and, and, and make people make people be excited about it more than just showing somebody something and being like, here, this is what I have. Um, she's really good at that. Um, I'm more of the planner. She's the one that's going to, when I brought this to her, to her, I was like, Hey, I think I want to start, start a clothing business. She was like, Oh, let's go. And she was writing down everything she was going to do, where we were going to go, all these things. And I'm sitting there like, I don't even have a logo yet. <laughs> um, but she, she really pushes me. I'm not the type of person to take those risks and take those leaps. So when I came home and told her what I was thinking, she was so excited. Um, I'm the calculated planner. She's the risk taker. And it's a big risk. I've got $8,000 worth of clothes sitting in my garage right now waiting to drop tonight. So I'm nervous <laughs> as heck. <laughs> yeah, today's the big day. And I'm, I'm going to follow up with you in just a minute on that one because that's, uh, that's, that's pretty sure. exciting. Pretty exciting. Yeah, your team can teach you things that you don't know. I mean, that's what I got from that last uh, paragraph was uh, and I got people on my team as well that they are skilled at things that I'm not. And they open doors like, what about this idea? And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that existed. But yes, let us let us go there. <laughs> and I think we get so stuck on trying to do everything ourselves. Again, what we talked about, uh, feeling like we have to be successful that we forget that we're really good at something and somebody might be really good at something else. And you put that together. Oh, and that's football. Like you said, um, you find people that are good at specific things. I'm going to ask this person to do this specific thing. Why would I ask you to do something you're not good at? 
So now you take it, you take all these people that are good at individual things and you put them together and that's a team. That's how you create something special, whether it be sports or life. Um, it's just taking those, finding your weakness and you're either making it better or you're finding somebody else that makes it better. Yeah. That's how you create something special. Well, well said. So you're a performance specialist in your day job. By the way, I love that title on a business card, performance specialist. So <laughs> what, what are you seeking to do every day with your clients? How do you encourage them to perform at the highest level? Yeah, so I work with, we mo- mostly work with high school, middle school, younger athletes uh, at the gym, but I also do work with adults. Um, we're always trying to to it's not necessarily physically push them to the next level it really is mentally pushing them to the next level we live in a very very good area where um you know if somebody knows your name they're going to know you walking down the street if you're a high school athlete that's that's doing well people are going to know who you are how well you're doing all those types of things it's not quite a small it's a big town with a small town kind of vibe here um and so what we try to do is we try to open their minds and broaden it and show look listen you might be tri-cities good but even on go look at the west side how many athletes they have how many they're pushing out to these big schools doing these big things we have the talent here it really is just the mindset of okay i'm good in the tri-cities but i can be so much better um and just really giving them that that view and pushing them rather than being hey you're doing such a good job sometimes it's hey like you're doing good but we're expected this of you. You're, you're great. We already knew this. How are we going to be even greater? Um, and I take that to my adult clients as well. I don't like just doing those random workouts just to get a sweat and just to get a workout in. I treat my adult clients like an athlete. Um, we're going to do some different athletic movements. It's going to start small. It's going to start really small, but I want them to be able to move and feel good and have that confidence where, if, hey, a Spartan race is coming up. Oh, heck yeah, I can jump in that. Oh, a bike ride for 50 miles? Oh, heck yeah, I can jump in that. I want them feeling good enough and confident enough and pushing them past those little voices in their head that are like, "Uh, maybe I shouldn't do it to be able to just boom right there. Yeah, pushing past those places in your head. It's like we put a glass ceiling on ourselves and say, I can't do that. And we have this this negative mental talk. So you're almost like a, well, it's like a coach, right? I'm, I'm a leadership coach. I try to help my clients push past those mental barriers that they set up. And I think every high performer needs a coach. So you're, so you're coaching and tell tell us, John, you've probably learned a lot from your coaches. What, uh, what did your coaches teach you about being successful? I've had some, some great coaches in my lifetime. Uh, My first couple of years in high school, I had a coach, Mike Olson. um, And he, he was one of those old head coaches that, that had the big old mustache. He wore shorts all the time. His legs didn't get cold. And he was just <laughs> one of those guys where he was going to, he's going to pound his head against the wall until he got it done, no matter what it was. Um, and I, I, I learned a lot of just consistency through him, consistency, consistency over and over. And I think that's where I got that. Um, my next coach was uh, Craig Lukens. Um, he's great in the community. He still coaches at Liberty Christian now one of the, the best men I know, one of the godliest men I know. He's helped me through so much personally, uh, a really good father figure for me as well. Um, he was really about, okay, I just, I would learn to do something consistently and grind it out and grind it out. He takes a step back and goes, okay, you're, you're good at this. So you don't have to pound your head all the time. There's times where you need to grind and push and go, but okay, 
sometimes you're good at this. Let's take this avenue and then go grind here. And then this avenue and go, then go grind here. So he kind of, he kind of instilled that nuanced approach to me where there live to play another down. You don't always have to, to, to kill yourself to, to get somewhere sometimes. Okay. I got another play right here. This next play might be better. Um, so that's something I really learned from him that really helped because I, the way I like to put it is people talk about the grind all the time and grind and grind and grind. Well, if I continuously grind myself, I'm going to turn into power. I'm going to be nothing at some point. So having that ability to take a step back and not just grind, but take a step back and make informed decisions and let myself uh, heal and recover. Okay. Now I'm here. Okay. Now I'm here. Um, and then in, in college, uh, Tim Camp, man, he is the most interesting man in the world. You talk to any Eastern Oregon football player about him. And when you go and get recruited by him, it's like a car salesman. He is selling you the, the best Cadillac you have ever seen in your entire life. Convertible, heated seats. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so good at that. And he's just, he's one of the best men uh, I've ever met. Um, he, he loves his players and he loves his family more than anybody I've ever met. Um, and he, he instilled just, just, I'm, it's so hard to explain him. He's so complex. Um, but it's just one of those people that when you shake their hand and, and he looks in your eyes and he goes, man, I love you. Like you feel that. And you're just, he may not be the best coach in the world and he'll tell you he isn't the best coach in the world. Um, but you would have never played for another man as hard as you played than you, than you played for Tim camp. And it's just, just something about him. just, just get get you, man. And so I've had some, those are three great coaches in my life and I've had plenty more too, but they all just taught me different approaches and different nuances. I think camp probably believed in me uh, the most when I probably didn't believe in myself. Um, and he, I think that's, I, that, I think that's what I was looking for is just the belief he gave me um, when I was down and I wasn't playing the correct position and I wasn't doing what I wanted. He goes, I'm, I'm going to move you back here and you're going to start for me. And he told me those words four years earlier he told me you're gonna start for me and it's just kind of like a flashback and i'm like you know what this dude is right and then came in and, and did everything that i that i wanted to do so uh, i think that belief is the biggest thing with him yeah coaches do they believe in you more than you believe in yourself they you can sort of leech off of their 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 belief their their faith in you for a while for sure. and especially when you're when you're when you need that grit to overcome challenges so I, uh, you know, grow forward today, listeners, I encourage you all to get a coach. You can get coaches for all different areas of your life, fitness coaches, you can get health coaches, you can get leadership coaches, life coaches. We all need coaches in different areas of our life. I, I was on a podcast once where the podcast host had four different coaches in his life, in different areas. And I'm like, Ooh, I like that because they're very, they're very specific in certain areas of his life to get him to the next level. Man, I just love that quote that you said. If I if I grind all the time, I'll turn into powder. <laughs> I love that quote. I'm writing that one down. So we have to recover because yeah, we talk about entrepreneurs, you know, just grinding, grinding. You got to keep hustling, grinding. Yeah, but you also need to recover. So that, that's yep. good stuff. So John, you and Taylor started a luxury activewear business called Rise. Where did that name come from? And what motivated you to start the business? So rise is kind of, uh, kind of an embodiment of, of just me growing. Um, it's something like we talked about earlier where I wasn't 
always the most confident and most, most leadership driven, or I didn't take big risks. And, uh, I think coming home and, and figuring out, you know, this is what I want to do. It was really just a step forward. So rise is really just rising to the occasion, rising to something, um, rising to the standard higher than maybe you set for yourself. So for me, rise is actually just me becoming something, leveling up, getting better, getting bigger. Cool. Um, that's where the idea came from. And the, the product wise, well, I'll start with the name first, the name rise. I just like it because you can kind of fit it into anything. Um, it's very, very flexible, you know, rise to the occasion, rise above expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to rise above rise to type of thing. So, so it, it really is flexible for whatever you feel it is. I really like that. Um, and then the product really was, you know, you go through looking at Nike, you go through looking at Adidas, um, you're going to find, you know, some cool stuff. I like the way Nike feels. I like the way Adidas feels. When I look at the price, I'm like, okay, when I was younger in high school and college, like that's very, very expensive. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, people are, people are paying for their own colleges nowadays. People are living paycheck to paycheck. I wanted to bring something that had that same feel, um, that same feel of luxury, that same kind of performance feel while also giving them the ability to shop local, but also at a, at a lower price where, where you're sitting there like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like it looks good. It feels good. It's not necessarily Nike and Adidas if they want to go that way, but it's local and I, and I want to support and I can afford it. And I feel like that's, that's where I really wanted to go was, was finding that happy medium of everything while putting out a a super cool product where people are, are proud to wear. Oh, that is so cool. I love how it's a visual. Your logo is a visual of what you're trying to do yourself for leveling up. And it really goes with our theme of this episode of rising above the challenges that come into our life. Uh, I even saw on your about page. Oh, by the way, what's, what's your website? Let's do a shameless plug for you here, John. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, squarespace.riseapparel.com. Okay. Very, very cool. So I saw on your about page there. Uh, you know, you had to take the risk, the leap of faith to start the business. And of course there are risks um, for every play in football. As that play begins, there's a risk you're going to get hit, oh, yeah. right? In business, there are risks. So what were the initial challenges you had to push through to, and you have to continue to push through uh, in order to start this new business? Um, it's such a long play. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I think I told you before it, we had this idea. I had this idea in the summer in June, July, and it's six months since then. Um, it's such a long play where you have to stay consistent. You might get samples. You're like, this is not what I was expecting. This is not what I was wanting. Mm. Um, constant communication with the manufacturer, making sure everything's in tip top shape, how you want it, building a website, doing all those things. Um, it's just such a long play. It's, it's, it's hard to keep in perspective, you know, just how, how big it is. Like you could be like, Oh, you could just stamp a logo on a shirt and sell it a whole bunch of times. And there's just so much more to it than, than I could have ever imagined. Um, so just keeping, keeping going through that. And it's just, I'm so excited to finally launch it and have people feel it and have people see it. Cause I've just been, I've been wearing it myself. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. I wonder what other people are going to think. Um, so just, just the process, man, you just got to be able to, to see the end light, like we talked about with the big goals, but also have those little goals and take those little steps and you'll just finally get there. And for sure and out tonight, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm wondering how many people are going to buy. We had a little pre-sale <laughs> of some beanies and we sold a bunch of beanies, nice. but 
but the whole thing is totally different. Nice. Yeah. By the time uh, this episode comes out, you'll have dropped that line and hopefully you can hit me up with a promo code, man. So I can uh, rise (laughs) proudly. Hey, we got one more question. Just a couple minutes left here. Uh, So our listeners are in the locker room, John, it's halftime or the start of the new year. They got a little beat up in the first half or maybe in COVID Uh, you jump up on the bench. You have the opportunity to inspire the GFT listeners today. What's your pep talk? How do you want to encourage them to grow forward? I'm going to tell them a lot of times people are going to stand up. They're going to be flushed that last half behind us. Forget about it. No, I want you to remember how you feel when you made those failures, what you did. And then we take those and we're going to, we're going to change our way. We're going to make our halftime adjustments. We're going to take what we weren't good at. Okay. We're going to find what we're good at. We're going to then take what we're good at and we're going to continuously do it until it doesn't work. And then we're going to find something else that we're good at that's going to work and we're going to continuously do it. And that's going to create our progress and our momentum um, and everything we need to go forward. That's going to create our success. Um, There may be times where we got to run the ball down their throat a few times and hit our head against the wall. But okay, we're going to run down the throat a few times, hit our head against the wall. Now we're going to fake it and throw a pass. Um, So we're not grinding ourselves out to grind it out. No, we're we're learning from our mistakes. We're learning from our failures. And we are we are going to whether we win or not man we're going to give our best effort and we are going to to get better no matter what it is yeah that is so good i like how you you don't just flush uh the first half you know you don't just say well we're going to forget everything in the past the path is there the past is there to inform us to get better in the future and we still have a rearview mirror in our car mm-hmm. but the windshield is the big thing the thing that we need to look out like for uh, for what is in front of us, but we're also going to learn from the past. Well, hey, thank you, John, for being with us today. When I come back from the break, I will share my takeaways from our talk that hopefully you listeners also got out of our talk today. Stick around. So I have some takeaways from John today. Maybe you had some of the same ones. I love how he said little goals are better than the big goals. And you got to love the process of getting there. Think about that as you're setting your New Year's goals. I also loved having an optimistic view of life, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and having that, all right, let's do it attitude this year. And third, if you grind all the time, you're going to turn into powder. So make sure that you build in some renewal time in between all that striving for goals. The GFT podcast is all about putting practical tips from my guests into action for your personal development. Hey, quick commercial. My new book is on pre-launch state. It's called Leading Through the Dark Waters of Conflict. So you can go over to growingforwardservices.net slash store. And uh, you can pick up that in the pre-launch. We'll give you a free gift for signing up before our 222-22 launch. Thank you for listening to episode two. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 